Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The brothers bring the offering pants and let me make an announcement. There's going to be a baby shower. Brother Ray's going to be a daddy. So, brother, for Brother Ray and Sister Mallory Martinez in the gym, Tuesday, January the 12th at 6.30, a baby shower. So remember that if you would. Glow.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If everyone would stand, I want to, you know, somebody says, you say that God is good all through. You say that every service. But let me tell you something. God's been good to me. Hallelujah. God has been good to me. I owe him my praise. Hallelujah. 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 Now, church, this preacher that's coming hadn't preached here all year. So as he comes, let's get behind him and help him. I believe if we'll get behind him, I believe he'll preach to us this morning. Preach to us. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. 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 If you believe he's an on-time God, why don't you give him some praise like he's always been right on time. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I mean, it's glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen, amen. Feels like the first time I've been in church this year. And uh, Brother Cooper said I haven't preached here all year. Some people said I preached last Sunday enough for the new year. But uh, I'll try not to be quite as long as I was. I was I was visiting with the dear saint of God just yesterday, and he told me, he said, Oh, he said, you was fired up Sunday, wasn't you? I said, Well, he said, I didn't think you was ever going to quit. I thought he was complimenting me. That's kind of like a, a backhand compliment, I guess. But anyway, uh, it's good to be here. Lord bless you. You can be seated. It's good to have our guests that are here. And uh, glad that you're in the house of the Lord. Appreciate Brother Trey preaching for us here Wednesday night and uh, done a wonderful job. We were listening uh, out in the hill country and and uh, appreciate the moving of the Holy Ghost and uh, what God is doing. Good to see the Emmels here again. I've seen they were here Wednesday night and uh, glad that they're here. Why don't we give our guests a good hand clap today? Man. Glad to see some uh, new, uh, new familiar saints of God here today, and um, crazy, crazy world that we're living in, and uh, just a whole lot of craziness going on. And uh, I'm glad that I have God. I'm glad that I have Him. I'm glad that He has me. I'm glad that He knows me. And I'm real glad that I know Him. Amen. I'm glad that we're on first name basis. Praise God. And I am so thankful today for another chance to be in the house of the Lord. And I want to uh, make some announcements before we get into the Word of the Lord. And uh, there will be a Sunday school teacher meeting tonight at 6 o'clock in the men's prayer room. So remember that everyone that has signed up to be Sunday school teachers, please meet in the men's prayer room uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. There will be choir practice at 5.15, and uh, maybe they'll be through with choir practice by that. Some of you are in choir, but if you are, uh, go to the meeting at 6 o'clock. We'll be here at choir practice at 5.15. And uh, for right now, I know... Uh, um, Service is a little bit different starting at 10.30. We will keep that uh, going like that at this particular time. And uh, when there's a change, we'll let you know, try to let you know a little bit in advance. And um, 
for all of you that don't don't have uh, kids in Sunday school class, you probably like it. And uh, but anyway, so ser- service will be starting at 10:30. Sunday school class starts at 10. Prayer meeting starts at 10. Men's uh, meeting over in the gym is still at 9:30. The only difference is that we'll start singing in here at 10:30. So remember that. I want to uh, say thank you for the ones who worked hard to um, get the New Year's party together. And um, it's been a long time since we haven't been here on New Year's, New Year's Eve and cooking and, and uh, having a party along with you. Um, but I just felt at this time it would, would be good for us to be um, just out enjoying each other's company. So I want to thank everyone for doing that and working so hard and uh, God's blessings. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward I have, uh, ever since about March, about whenever spring break was in March, what was it somewhere around March the 10th, somewhere second week in March, ever since about the second week in March, I've been looking forward to the year 2021. <laughs> and I'm glad it's here. And uh, I tell you what, uh, we've already had some crazy things happen in 21. We might want to just skip over 21 and go on to 22. But um, we need to enjoy every moment, every moment that God gives us. And uh, we want to pray for all of those who are sick. Uh, we want to pray for Brother uh, Blakely and his church there. Uh, they've had uh, an outbreak and need a touch from God. And um, so uh, we ask God to touch them. We ask God. I haven't got a recent update on Brother Seal. I did not know how he is doing. Some of you might know, but I know that um, I talked to Brother Jackson, Brother Tommy Jackson, and uh, it did not look too good for Brother Seal. He was there with him, praying with him. And uh, I don't know what it's been in the last few days, but... We ask God to move in that situation. First, I heard about Sister McMullen. We are praying for her, asking God to heal her body. And uh, God would just just take care of this stuff. And uh, if he's trying, if he is trying, and I, be, I believe that, that God is always trying to get our attention. And if he's trying to get America's attention, if he's trying to get the world's attention because this does not stop at the boundaries of America um, that that we would listen we would listen and um, I said we would listen I said we would listen and uh, not just the church but the whole world would listen and I believe I believe that it it has a lot to do with uh, the Bible being fulfilled and um, this ain't this is not the last thing that's going to happen and uh, this is just the last thing that's happened that's on our mind because there's been some things that happened before this and there's going to be some more things that happen and I want to tell you today church this is no time to get cold with God 
This is no time to get relaxed in your relationship with God. We are too close to the end. We are too close to the end to stop now. Amen. Amen. We pray for Brother Myers. Ask the Lord to touch him. Uh, we said our last goodbyes to a wonderful lady uh, um, Monday. And uh, Sister Myers is a great lady, wonderful uh, member of this congregation. And I wish, I wish some of you younger ones would get a hold of her burden and her desire. She had to pray with people. And help them break through to the Holy Ghost. And uh, we need an old-fashioned touch of just old-time religion. Amen. I'm not. I'm not interested in the in the new stuff. Amen. We need an old-fashioned touch of the old stuff that's always worked. David said, "I can't. I can't fight with this armor. Although it was good, it worked good for Saul." Worked good for the children of Israel. But he said, I haven't proven it. I haven't, I haven't used it and I can't work with it. He said, but I know something I can work with. Something that I've been on the backside of the hills with. And I've practiced. And I know God can work through what He has worked through in the past. I want to tell you, church, God can do today what He did 20 years ago. God can do today what He did 50 years ago. Amen. 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 I don't want to take too long, but uh, we want to continue to pray for Brother Dale. Ask the Lord to touch him. We want to pray for all of our saints of God that are in the nursing homes and facilities. Ask God to touch them. I know this is a very difficult time for them. And, uh, you know, we have each other, but there's not a lot of company that comes by their way. And uh, no in and out, and it's a very difficult time for them. And uh, sometimes when they go to those places, we forget about them. And uh, we want to lift them up to the Lord in prayer. We want to pray for the Lambus. Um, I've talked or communicated with Brother Lambeth. And uh, through email and text, and they're having a difficult time with COVID right now. I think in the last two weeks, they've buried two pastors. And so let's pray for the work of God in Brazil. And um, let's pray that God's mercy and grace and God would get the glory out of whatever God's trying to do and uh, help us today. I do have a, a praise today to share with you. I don't want to take too long, but... I feel like it would be, uh, uh, I'd be shortchanging God if I did not praise God. And uh, we've been out in the hill country, staying out there. And um, uh, see, when was it? Friday night we went to bed. And uh, just like normal, and I have this acid reflux thing that chokes me and when I'm sleeping sometimes. And... My wife is is accustomed to it happening, and it don't bother her too much anymore. And I'm laying there gasping for breath or setting up trying to get my breath, and she just, you going to be okay? Okay. But um, we were in a smaller uh, confined area, and the girls had never 
never heard that and never experienced it before. And, and I got choked in the middle of the night, which is it's serious with me anyway. And uh, so they come running in the room, screaming and hollering and praying and, and uh, jumping up and down and, and uh, causing a commotion and, and uh, thought I was dying. And, and uh, so I kind of got better sitting there on the edge of the bed. And Tammy had come in the room, and she turned around. She said, well, I'm going back to bed. And she turned around, and when she turned around, uh, it was on a hardwood floor, and she had on socks, and she slipped and fell backwards and hit the back of her head right here in this area on the dresser. And uh, when she hit the floor, I mean, there was no response. And um, we're 140 miles from San Antonio. They do have a little small veterinarian clinic there in Junction, but you wouldn't want to take anybody there that was sick or needed something. And uh, so uh, we started praying, and uh, I don't know how long it was for me and for all of us. It seemed like an eternity that we could not get any response. I couldn't. Of course, I was shook up, and I, I couldn't feel her heartbeat. I couldn't feel a pulse. I couldn't. And um, I tell you, honestly, honestly, you can say I'm crazy. You can say that I'm off of my rocker. She just got knocked out. But to me, it was like she was dead. And I was holding my daughter in my arms, and and, um, it shined a whole new light on life. And um, we was crying, trying to get God's attention. Actually, we was crying, screaming, running. People was running. I don't know where people was running to. My wife started shaking her by the shoulders. I said, don't shake her. She might have hurt her neck. And she run off. I don't know where she run to. But And uh, Tiffany, she starts to decide she wants to have a heart attack. And she falls out on the bed and she passes out. And we had, we had all kinds of commotion. Now, you try that at 2.30 in the morning. And um, I told her, I said, one thing it did make you realize that you loved your old grouchy sister Tammy more than you thought. But anyway, after seeming like about an hour and a half, uh, she finally started fluttering her eyes and, and, uh, we got a little bit of response and, and, uh, was holding her there and she couldn't figure out where she was or what was going on or, and, uh, all I, all I know is about the first word she said was Mama, Nathaniel. I don't know where that places you, but it, <laughs> she wasn't worried about anybody but her Mama at the time. But uh, anyway, I thank God that, that uh, she was okay. She got up, sat in a chair, and Tiffin, uh, Tony kept her awake the rest of the night. We got up and drove home, and, and she's here with us today, and I am grateful for that. Thankful for that. And of course, of course, after uh, after what we had just experienced with my mother-in-law, Sister Duplessy, you know, just sitting at the table and had an aneurysm. You know, the devil puts all kinds of crazy thoughts in your mind. And uh, my wife said, "We need to take her. We need to do something." I said, "Where are we going to take her? The only thing we can do at this time is pray." And sometimes in life, that's the only thing you can do, and that's what God wants us to do in the very beginning. And God hears and answers prayer. 
Amen. God is a prayer-answering God. And I am grateful and thankful today that I am here and we are here with our family. And uh, God has been good to us. And so we started to... We started the year off uh, crazy, but we also started the year off with a miracle. And uh, so I'm thankful for God's help. If you have your Bibles, if you want to stand with me, turn to chapter 15 of the book of Deuteronomy. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 15. I'm going to read a couple of passages of Scripture there. And uh, I'm going to try to give to you what the Lord has laid on my heart. And um, I don't have a lot of notes. I don't have a sermon uh, as you would say, as I normally do, written out with all my stuff, but I do have some things. Now, that, that could be good and it could be bad. It could be good that I may not be too long and it could be bad that I don't know where to stop. But chapter 15, the book of Deuteronomy, I just felt this on, on my heart. I felt uh, the Lord wanting me to talk about some of these things all week and then today. Verse number 1 says, At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. Everybody say release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother because... It is called the Lord's release. Everybody say the Lord's release. Amen. Lord bless you. You can put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices with our hands and ask God for His help today. God, we're depending on You. I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, for Your touch. I pray, God, for Your help that You would anoint me to obey You, to preach Your Word like You would have me to. Anoint the ears and the hearts and the spirits of Your people, God, to hear, to receive, to respond. God, that we would apply Your Word to our life. God, that we would take advantage of Your Word today. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you, you may be seated. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, he is laying out some orders and instruction. And you can go back to the book of Exodus and find where the Lord is speaking to his people about these things. And and um, so this is called the year of the release. Every seven years that they were to uh, release, and you have heard it. Talked about, no doubt, about uh, the servants that would come. And this is also talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 15. That the servants that were servants of the children of Israel. That when they would come to uh, seven years that they had worked and they had fulfilled uh, their obligation for seven years. They would have the opportunity to come before the master in his house and choose to leave our to stay, and uh, but if they left, they had to leave whatever they had accumulated in that time, and uh, so they they made a choice. And if they made a choice to say that, they had to plainly say that I love my master, and I love my master's house. And when they would plainly state that, 
and they had made a choice to stay there, they would go to the doorpost of the house. And uh, when they would go to the doorpost of the house, the master would take an awl and he would bore a hole in their ear. And uh, then they were servant to that master for life. Now, I don't, I don't think that uh, people have problems with the Bible and, and uh, they have a lot of issues with the Bible and what it talks about. And one thing that they have a big issue to talk about here is slavery and uh, the Bible condoning slavery. The Bible was teaching His people from the very beginning of time and establishing the children of Israel that that this principle that you were to treat them better than just an ordinary, what we would call a slave and what we would envision as a slave. That they would treat them good enough and give them enough things and enough blessings that a lot of those would choose and make the decision to stay there for life. So it helps me to realize and understand that they weren't, wasn't taking these people and beating them and, um, they wasn't taking them and enforcing so many, uh, rules and restrictions on them and abusing them that there was so many of them that would want to stay. So there had to be some good things that they were doing for them. And in one place, uh, this, this word where it is talking about here has to do with a listener, someone who would listen and someone who listens would obey. And so there's, there's a little bit, bit difference, I think, that where, uh, the Bible is talking to God's people about, uh, their slaves and, and, uh, their, their possessions. It's a little bit different when you get in to see what uh, the Egyptians were doing to the children of Israel. Now, they were beating them. They were enslaving them. They never had a choice to leave. And they were killing them. And they were killing their babies. It's a whole different principle than what God's principle is. So, a little to do about the way I see slavery in biblical times. But, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. But God was also not just speaking to people of that day and that hour, but God was also laying out a principle. From the very beginning, He was setting the groundwork to teach His people about forgiveness and allowing things to pass and allowing things to to uh, be in the past and not bringing things back up but moving on with life it's very it's very disturbing to live a life without being able to forgive amen it's very difficult to live a life holding grudges you can't be happy holding grudges it doesn't matter if you're right it doesn't matter if you have uh, a right to hold a grudge. Well, who gives you the right to hold a grudge anyway? But holding on to unforgiveness and, re- and, and failing and refusing to forgive people that has wronged you or has done wrong to someone that you love or that has done wrong to God and uh, us to go around and saying, well, I, I just tell you, I just, I just can't forgive those people. 
The Bible sets a principle in order, and you find this also in the Word of God. I believe it's in Luke chapter 11, where uh, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And Jesus starts by telling them a prayer. Now, he did not give them a prayer to recite when they got ready to pray, but he gave them principles to pray by. Thou Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he goes into this that, and all of these has principle. In other words, you recognize who God is. You give God honor. You give God praise. You give God glory. See, if we'd catch that principle when we come to the house of God and pray, that it's not all about us. It's not all about what we want. It's not all about getting our needs and our desires fulfilled. But if we would start out by acknowledging who we're praying to, it's okay sometimes to say, Hey God, this is, this is Roy. This is John. This is Homer. This is whoever. Hey God, I'm talking to you. I want, I want you to know who's talking to you. And you have that communication line open with God. See, we, we always expect God and we, and, and I know that God knows us. God knows, uh, God knows where we're at. God knows what we need, but God knows what we need, but God wants us to tell Him what we need. And God knows that we think He is great, but God Wants us to tell him. Give me a little feedback here. God wants us to tell him that he is great. Amen. And so, uh, you know, God, and this works in our, our relationship. We have, don't expect everybody to be able to read your mind. Amen. But be able to show your expression of love and gratitude to the one that you're trying to show it to. So, in the Bible, in the Word of God, where in the Lord's Prayer, He says also, Lord, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, or those who are indebted to us. So in other words, God, God is setting a principle. Jesus, Jesus just, He did not just speak off of the cuff. Everything that Jesus spoke about it was well ordained of God. And this did not just happen to show up in the Word of God like this, but God was setting a principle in order, helping us to realize until we learn to forgive, there is no forgiveness from God to us. Now, if you think you've got forgiveness from God and you haven't forgiven somebody, you don't have forgiveness from God. Until you learn how to forgive, well, praise God. Amen. Until you learn how to forgive and move on with life. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I don't think that God expects us to be buddy-buddy with somebody that's done us wrong over and over and over. But God does expect us to forgive them. And if we see them in need, we are to help 
how, how ridiculous is it that we would come to church and sit on a pew with somebody or across the church from somebody that we can't pray for? Amen. Because we are holding something against them. God is setting a principle in order. A, a principle from the very beginning of, of time. When He is setting order uh, for the children of Israel, He said there is coming a year that if a brother is indebted to you, I want you to forgive that debt. It is called the Lord's release. He said, I also, I also want you to lay a part of your ground that you have farmed, that you have reaped from, that you have planted, that you have uh, the vineyards that you have pruned, the vineyards that you have reaped from. On the seventh year of the Lord's release, I want you to leave that ground alone. Whatever it brings forth, that's for the stranger, that's for the poor, that's for the needy. Whatever that vineyard produces, it don't belong to you. Well, that's that's something there. That God God demanded more for those who had not from those who had than He even demands for the church. Amen. So so here here He is saying, I want you on every seven years, I want you to lay aside that to give to those who have not. There's a principle. There's a principle. And uh, God is setting this in order. And He is teaching them a lesson that, that I, I was, I was thinking about this and I knew, I knew that, that sometimes they have what they call in farming, uh, layout ground. And, and uh, I know the government now pays farmers a lot of money, sometimes more than they can make farming the ground to lay it out, just let it grow up, don't cut it, don't plant it, don't plow it. Uh, don't do anything to it. Just let it grow up in weeds or brush or whatever. And uh, for so many years, so I, I called a farmer this morning and I was asking him, I said, is there, is there any purpose for that? Is there any reason? He said, well, I said, yeah, well, the reason is the government pays you more to leave it alone than what you can make farming it. So that's the reason why we put, we put ground in these programs that so many years we reap the benefit from the federal government. And I said, no, I said, I'm not talking about uh, a benefit of what you gain from the government. I'm talking about, does it benefit the ground any to not, not plow it or not, not, uh, plant it or not reap anything from it, but just leaving it out? He said, well, he said, I, he said he didn't really know for sure, but far as he knows, there is no scientific reason why, uh, that would be necessary. And I got to look in, in the Word of God because God, God, when He was setting up the order for the children of Israel, He did not have them doing certain things for a purpose. And uh, like eating pork, they could not eat pork for a purpose because pork was very easy to spoil. They had no way to keep it. They had no way. Different things. It's, it's, it's amazing how God was looking out for their health. And for us, you find out that it's not good for you in the end. But... But he was, he was, he was protecting them. So I was wondering if God had a 
a a hidden purpose for this that that he was he was uh, having them to do this not just for to take care of those who had not, but he had it to do with uh, preserving their ground to make it yield forth more in the coming years. And so what I've come up with with talking to this farmer is that there is no real reason other than the reason that the Bible just plainly states out that in the seventh year, I want you to give of what you have to those that might be passing by your way that don't have the property to plow and to harvest. That they can go out and they can glean it. I don't want you to go plant it, but I'm going to cause stuff to grow. And I'm going to cause vineyards to produce. And I'm going to cause the limbs to grow out on the trees. I don't want you pruning it. I don't want you trying to prep it along. I don't want you fertilizing it. I don't want you doing anything but just staying away from it and let me provide for somebody that doesn't have. And I was thinking about that today. God is so concerned about each and every one of us that He already has a plan of escape for every trial and every situation and every heartache and every distress that each and every one of us go through. Amen. I was thinking uh, about, of course, this week, it's always on our mind, and uh, we think about New Year's resolution and and uh, what we're going to do in the coming year that we did not do in the last year, and, and uh, we start going back over those things that we promised ourselves and we made those commitments to, uh, last year that we was going to do in 2020, but man, we had a great excuse this year because it was all kinds of chaos. So we got out of all those New Year's resolutions. But, but I was reading this morning in the spiritual uh, section of the newspaper, uh, Dagwood and Blondie, that uh, is getting my inspiration for my sermon today. And uh, Dagwood is is outside and. And uh, he goes to his garage and he says, boy, this year I'm going to, it was a mess. And he said, I'm going to clean up my garage. I'm going to organize everything. I'm going to put everything where everything goes. And he goes outside and and uh, his something else, he said, boy, this year I'm going to organize this. I, this year is going to be the year I get everything put up and I get everything uh, just where it's supposed to be and everything nice. And he goes, about three different captions there that he goes and he looks and everything is a mess and chaotic. And he said, boy, this year, this year's the year. I'm going to get it all put up. I'm going to get it all where it goes. Oh, man, and I know some of you ladies are thinking about the garage right now. And uh, I'm going to get all the tools put up and I'm going to get all the things done that needs to be done. The last caption, he comes in and his wife is sitting there. And she says, what have you been doing, dear? And a little thought goes out his head and he says, I've been outside lying to myself. So lots of times that is our New Year's resolution. They become times where we're trying to fool ourselves. But I was thinking in the Word of God today of what God would have me to say to the church and to every individual here today. That God had a purpose 
for our land to be laid out. God had a purpose for a person to work, and on the seventh day, He had a purpose for a person to, to rest. Amen. And you look what kind of chaos that has been brought on by people working all kinds of crazy hours. Now, I think that everybody ought to work and do their job, but I think that it is important that we don't just work, 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 work to where we we don't have any life going on at all, that we forget the most important things of life, and that is our family, that is our relationship with God. Amen. Amen. We get so caught up on wanting more and desiring more and having more till when we forget the principle of God's Word of what God has called us to do. Amen. We were not put here just to work a job. We were put here to serve God. <laughs> we were not put here just for the basic things of life. We were put here to worship and to glorify and to bring praise and honor to God. Amen. This law repeats itself in Exodus chapter 23. It repeats itself in Leviticus chapter 25. The same law that we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 15. It keeps repeating itself over and over and over through the Mosaical law. Reminding them there is a such of a thing called the Lord's release. There is a certain certain thing that's called forgiveness. There is a certain thing that's called a, a, a redemption. Amen. But you see, the thing that I find so interesting about this is God is taking care of the poor. God is taking care of Israel. And He is teaching Israel to learn about mercy and compassion. And He is taking care of them because of teaching them the principle of brotherly love. Now, this same principle did not fall uh, in order when it was talking about just a stranger that was not a brother or of the nation of Israel. That they did not have to forgive their debts. They were the, the same rule of mercy and forgiveness did not apply to them that were not the children of Israel. And I got to thinking about that and the principle of what God is telling us here. That when we become a saint of God, that there is mercy in abundance. Amen. There is a release from God of our sins and our transgressions and our faults and our failures and our mistakes in an abundance. Let me tell you today, there is no, there is no shortage of the mercy and the grace of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That God is teaching them what God wanted to set in time of every man is a seven-year release. Amen. Some of you have been holding things a lot longer than seven years. Amen. Some of you have been holding things for 20, 30, and 50 years. Some of you have been holding things against your spouse. Amen. Things that have not been placed under the blood. Amen.
demon arguments of the past, disappointments of yesterday, disappointments of years ago. But I'm telling you, God is calling us into a new year. Amen. God is calling us into a new purpose and a new plan. Amen. There's no better time to release the past than today on the very first Sunday of 2021. Amen. Amen. Carrying things. Carrying disappointments, carrying heartache, carrying pain, amen, carrying arguments, carrying letdowns, carrying shortcomings, and us of ourselves condemning ourselves because we have not been what we expect ourselves to be. Amen. I don't ever expect myself to sin. I don't go through the day expecting myself to sin and come short of what God has called me to be. But can I admit and be be honest before you, there has been days that I have sinned and come up short of what God has called me to do. Amen. And called me to be. And you know what the devil does? The devil throws guilt. The devil throws shame. The devil throws disappointment. The devil tells me how low down and how sorry I am. Amen. That there is no mercy and there is no grace and that there is no forgiveness. Amen. But when I come to the house of the Lord, Amen. I find help. I find strength. I find mercy. I find grace. I find forgiveness in God's house. Amen. 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 If God is teaching His people, now listen to me real closely. If God is teaching His people to release people and release our anger and release our bitterness and release our hurts and release our faults and release our failures, amen, God is not going to teach us a principle that God will not follow Himself. Amen. So what I am trying to tell you today is release the bitterness of the past. Release the faults of the past. Release of what happened yesterday and move on to what God wants to do in your life from now on. The devil wants us to leave the devil wants us to move from last year. Amen. How, how many, how many think you had a perfect year in 2020? Pretty much perfect year. Everything went well. Amen. Everything went just according to plan. Boy, that, that right there don't ever happen in church. 100%. Amen. I got 100% participation. Amen. Amen. So many things happen. How many live to the expectations of what you had expected out of yourself January the 1st of last year? I didn't. I had some things that I expected out of myself that I did not, I did not fulfill my expectations. But what I have realized 
that I have to set my goals high. You don't bring your goals low to where it's no problem to accomplish them. You set your goals high that you always try to climb higher and excel and be better and be a greater person. So what the devil says, oh, it's just another year. There's no difference in, then what is it, December the 31st to January the 1st. It's just another day, but it's the same old thing. You're carrying the same old problems. You're carrying the same old thoughts. You're carrying the same old failures. You're carrying the same old disappointments. You're carrying the same old bitterness. You're carrying the same old anger. You're carrying the same old things. And tomorrow when you wake up, it's going to be there. No, no, no. Amen. There was people in Israel's time that went it went to bed indebted. They went to bed with bills galore. They went to bed owing people. And when they woke up the next morning, it was a thing called the Lord's release. I come to tell somebody today that God is trying to tell you in your life, God is wanting to release you from your past to be what God wants you to be in your future. Amen. I see some of you sitting there like, same old thing, just a different day. With that attitude... You're going to go through a year just like you have been in the past. Amen. But I want to tell you, we've got to believe in the grace and the mercy of God. That my past never controls what my future will be. I've tried it before and failed. Amen. I tried it before and failed. How many times did the Wright brothers try to build a plane that would be able to fly? How many times did they try to build a boat that would be able to float? Amen. Well, that's a good rhyme. How in the world, how many times did they try to build a car? You know what I heard about Ford when he invented the automobile? He put it together in his garage and he couldn't get it out the door. Amen. That's the way some of us are. We put it together and then there's no way to release it. Amen. But you know what he done? He invented the car. And soon after he invented the car, the very next day he invented the garage door. Amen. You've got to have a desire that if the devil puts up a roadblock, Amen. God's already made a way of my escape. And God's already got it under control. And God's already got it planned. And God's already got a way out for me. I'm telling somebody, it's time to move from last year to the new year. It's time to believe that God is going to help. That God is going to strength. That God is going to change who I was into what God wants me to be. Amen. Now, this is not crowd participation. Do not raise your hand. I just want you to think. How many's relationship with your spouse has been exactly like you want it to be in 2020 or 2019 or 2018 or 20, on and on and our 2050? <laughs> or no, that would be 1950. I'm sorry. How many? How many's relationship has been exactly what you want it to be? 
Oh, well, there's some things I'd like to change. There's some, oh, there's some things I'd like to change in her. There's some things I'd like to change in him. The only thing we don't want to change is ourselves. Well, praise God. I tell you what, I'm going to have to get my shovel out right here. That's again. But there's, you know, that's the only thing. We want everybody to change, but we don't want to change. We want everybody to do something different, but we don't want to do something different. What God is telling you is you can't fix what happened yesterday. You can't change what yesterday was. But I tell you what you can change. By the blood of Jesus Christ. A counselor can't fix it. A doctor can't fix it. A pill can't fix it. A drink from a bottle can't fix it. A joint of marijuana can't fix it. A new woman or a new man can't fix it. But I want to tell you who can fix it today. It can be fixed. It can be Right in the altar of God. Because God has something that is called the Lord's year of release. I'm going to release it. I'm going to turn it loose. I'm getting rid of my past. Amen. Amen. Stephen, you mind if I share what you told me this morning? Amen. Stephen, come in the office. I said, how you been doing? He said, I've been doing good. Been doing good. I said, really? I said, you've been behaving yourself? I've, I've asked Stephen that ever since he's been that tall. And I've got about the same response every time. But I got a little different response this morning. He said, Brother Looper, he said, it's the first time in 20 years that I've been sober on New Year's. Oh, I want to tell you today, God can set you free. God can deliver you. God can change who you are into what God wants you to be. The year of the Lord's release. Amen. What God has called me here to tell you today is, this is your year. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This is your year that God wants to change everything. This is your year that God wants to take your life and make something that He's proud of. Amen. This is a year that God wants to forgive you of your past and move you to your future. This is a year to leave 2020 behind. 2020 or 2019 behind and say it's a new year. It's a new me. I'm serving a real God. I've got deliverance. I've got victory. I've got help. I've got hope. I've got my joy back. I've got my peace back. I've got my happiness back. But you see, there is no way, no way that I can make the decision for you. The only thing I can do is preach to you what God has given me. But it's up to you. The only thing that God did, He said, I'm not going to take the food and put it in your cupboard. He said, but what I am going to do 
is in the seventh year, there's going to be people that's going to lay out their ground. And there's going to be plenty to eat there. There's going to be plenty in the vineyard. There's going to be plenty of olives. There's going to be plenty of grapes. There's going to be plenty of oranges. There's going to be plenty of sapsumas. There's going to be plenty of everything that you want. But you have got to get up from where you're at and go to where God is taking you and what God is wanting to do for you and say, I'm leaving my past behind. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know what happened? You know what happened on that seventh year of release? Amen. Those people that were poor, those people that was downtrodden, those people that had nothing, what they'd done, God got them up out of the poor house. God got them up out of their shacks. God got them up out of the road ditches. And He said, you leave that behind and you go get what I understand. Understand what God's saying. There's a, there's a field of plenty. There's a harvest there. There's plenty of blessing. There's plenty of miracles. There's plenty of hope. There's plenty of strength. But you gotta get up. And you gotta go get it. And you gotta work for it. Leaving behind those things. The Apostle Paul, if you want to see somebody that had a past, you want to see somebody that made some terrible blunders, you want to see somebody that, that actually killed people for preaching in the name of Jesus, you look at the Apostle Paul. But he said, leaving behind those things that are past. I press. Everybody say press. I press. You know what a press is? A press is something you gotta put effort toward. How many have ever tried to bench press anything? Amen. You don't put a couple of ounces on there and say, boy, look at how strong I am. No, but you put it down, load it down. Come on. Let me make a statement. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But first, I've got to leave the past behind. Amen. What's what I'm trying to get through to you today? Leave the past behind and move into what God wants for you. Leave your hurt behind. Leave your bitterness behind. Leave your pain behind. Leave your grief behind. Amen. Leave it all behind. And say, here I go, God. I'm just going to press toward the mark. Thank you for the field that is there. Thank you for the abundance of the crop that is there. I'm going to get it. Here I am. Pour it on me. I'm not who I used to be. I'm moving to what you've got for me in my life. My relationship with God is going to get better. Amen. My relationship with people is going to get better. My relationship with my spouse is going to get better. Amen. Why? Because I'm leaving yesterday's arguments behind. I'm leaving yesterday's problems behind. Amen. My relationship, amen, with brother and sister is going to get better. Why? Because I'm leaving what happened then behind. I can't change it, but bless God, I can leave it. 
And I have been released. Amen. I have been released. Amen. I, w- I want to I want to finish with a story. Amen. This is a true story that actually happened, and it actually happened to me. When I was a little boy, I got a coon, and uh, got him before his eyes was open, and bottle fed him, and and uh, raised him, and he is just a big old pet. He is a very got to be very big, and I held him in a cage there at my house, and he is always a good, good coon. Man, he never bit me. He'd ride around on my shoulder and ride in the vehicle with us, and and uh, one time. We was going out of town one day, and we left him loose in my mama's house. Don't leave a coon loose in a house. Coons do what coons do. He was into everything. My mama come back, and she was not happy. Not happy at all. Of course, we all thought it was kind of funny, but when she got through with us, it wasn't very funny. But I got older, and I got where I wasn't as interested in BK, that's what I called him was BK as I once was. And we had a farm and uh, so daddy moved his cage out to the farm and it was in a very wooded area. And um, so I wasn't spending a lot of time with him and my daddy felt sorry for him. And uh, so one day daddy goes out there without my permission and he opens the door and he said he was going to let BK go. And so I come out there one day and I seen the door was open. I said, the door's open. And uh, I went in there and looked up in his house and he had a toe sack that he always slept in ever since he was a little baby. And he had crawled up in that toe sack in his house and that's where he had sleep. And I looked up in there, and BK was in his toe sack. The door was open. And uh, I said, who left, the, who left the door? Daddy said, I did. He said, you ain't messing with him. I'm going to turn him loose. Let him go. Let him enjoy life. He shouldn't live in a cage. He'd go out every night. He'd be gone. He'd come back, get in that cage, crawl up in his toe sack. And the next morning, you'd find him in that cage with the door open. In his toe sack, sound asleep. Freedom everywhere. It was called not the Lord's release, but Buddy's release. The door was open, but he'd leave. We'd check on him because he'd be gone every night. Coons like to rumble at night. And so he'd be gone every night. And every day, it'd be by daylight, up in that toe sack he would go. This went on, I don't know how long it was, but it went on for days and days, every day, coming back, getting in his toe sack. One morning we went out there, looked up in the cage, the toe sack was gone, and BK was gone. And we never seen him again. He finally, after day after day, He realized, I've been in a cage all my life. I come to tell somebody this morning, 
The devil's had you in a cage all your life. Yeah. He, I, I would watch him day after day. He had, that cage was about six foot long and he'd be, you ever watch the coon in a cage? This is what he's doing. He'd swing his head this way. And we had a little hole with the ball and he'd run his hand in there and he'd try to get the ball and pull the ball. But that's all, that's all he knew is back and forth. And when the door was open, some of you, the reason why you think you can't change, this is all you know. This is all you've done all your life. That's all the devil's allowed you to do. Yeah, you pray up and then you backslide. You do this so you feel good for a few days and then you're back in the hole again. But I come to preach to you about God releasing. God releasing that spirit of bondage. Amen. It's time for you to get your toe sack out. I'm not going back to the cage. 2021 is my time. It's my opportunity. Amen. I'm taking it with me, devil. I'm taking everything the devil has. And I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. Why don't you get deliverance? And as I close, as I open these altars, as I close today... My question to you, do I have any BKs in the house? Boy, it feels good to be out climbing the tree. The rascal had never climbed a tree in his life. Never been up inside a big oak tree den. But I just wonder when he went back and got that toe sack. He said, boy, I found a much better place to live than this. You want to live hurt? You want to live with pain? You want to live with anguish? You want to live with bitterness? Oh, God has a big place up there on top of a big, a big white oak tree. Big old acorns all over that tree. A big old house inside that tree. Why don't you get what belongs to you and get out of your pity party and say, This year, it's my year. It's my year of release. It's my year of change. It's my year of happiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I promise you today, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, if you had come up here and say, God, I want to be released from my past. God, I want help today. God is in this place right now. Young person, let me tell you, you don't have to fall prey to the devil again. Amen. You can change right here, right now, on this Sunday morning. It'll be different when you leave this place. Amen. Backslider, hear me. You don't have to leave the way you came. There's help. There's deliverance. There's hope. Come on, saint of God. You don't have to leave feeling the same way. You can leave with help. You can leave with purpose. You can leave with joy. Hallelujah. Why don't you let God help you today? Why don't you let God help you today? And say, here I am, God. I need help. Here I am, God. 
I want deliverance. I want a change. I want a miracle in my life. I tell you what I want to do right now. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. I want people to spread out right across this front. Just give us some room right here in the front. If you're tired of yesterday and you're tired of what you've been dealing with in the past and you want help, I don't care if it's a relationship. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care... If it's your spiritual walk with God, doesn't matter, sickness, whatever. I want you to make your way to this front. Get start right here in the front. Everybody that wants help, everybody that wants deliverance, everybody that wants to enjoy God's release today, that said from this day forward, you've got to believe now, and you've got to work on your part. If there's some things that need to be taken care of and gotten right, you got to get it right. If you want help, there's help in the house tonight. Today, I'm not going to be like I was. I'm leaving this place different. Come on, come on, reach out to God right now. Reach out to God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost power right now, God. Do it today, God. Victory today, God. Kings 
Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. I love you. I praise you. I worship you, Savior. Praise you, God. Remember, Sunday school teachers meeting at 6 o'clock. If you signed up to be a Sunday school teacher, be in the men's prayer room at 6 o'clock. If uh, inquire 515, remember church tonight, prayer meeting at 630. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. They are serving tonight after church. Tonight after church. I think it's fettuccine Alfredo or something.